What is up, you guys? I'm Camille, and welcome back to Make Your Own Luck, the podcast. Or welcome, if it's your first time. Thanks for joining. Um, We're really excited about today's episode. Uh, You may notice that it's just me. Evan is traveling for work. Uh, I think that's a very important part of the podcast, too, that me and Evan are are still, uh, we're still working hard. We still both have jobs. I wish we could uh, sit around and podcast all the time, but we're just not there yet. So uh, sometimes you might just get one of us. You never know. Anyway, I'm rolling solo. Today's episode is with Andy Atkins of Bad Luck Burger Club. Uh, If you live in Nashville, you've probably heard of Bad Luck Burger Club or seen their truck rolling around town. And if not, they're still a really fun business to follow along with. Andy and Cody started Bad Luck Burger Club a couple of years ago. Like a lot of people just made a change of, of heart during the pandemic. And they've gone from slinging burgers in a tent to having a food truck. And they've just built this incredible culture. And I've seen them at events. They've done a ton of pop-ups outside of our shop in the shopping center where we have our storefront. And I just was really excited to hear the whole story and just to talk to Andy. Andy's such a genuine person. He's such a character. Uh, for if for no other reason, if you don't live here, you should still follow Bad Luck Burger Club on all their socials because Andy is just a, a really fun dude. And it was a really great conversation. And we're really lucky that he took some time out of his busy schedule to hang out with us. So without further ado, here's Andy Atkins of Bad Luck Burger Club. All right. Welcome back to Make Your Own Luck, the podcast. Today we have, uh, I would say it's a party uh, because our guest, Andy Atkins, knows how to party. Love to party, dude. <laughs> life, life is a party. In addition to being an expert partier, uh, he is the co-founder of the Bad Luck Burger Club here in Nashville, which I would describe as uh, the best burger in town. Dude, thanks. Is yeah, that, is I that, mean, <laughs> I would describe it as that as well. <laughs> I think that's what owning um, a business means. You yeah, gotta you, like, you be got your, to. Yeah, you, you gotta know? be your best hype man. Because I don't want to like, you know, tell everybody somebody else has got a better burger than me, and then they're just gonna go eat there. Yeah, but you yeah. are a really nice guy, so I could see you like giving. You give other people props for but sure. You got to take ownership that you guys got the best burger in town. Definitely. Like they're like, I'm a firm believer that the high tides raise all ships thing. Yeah. So like, I mean, there's a cool burger scene in town. There's a lot of people like right around the same exact time that we started making cheeseburgers in town. Like, yeah, there are like three or four other dudes that start doing it as well. Who knows who did it first, but like, <laughs> um, it doesn't really matter. You know, we're all feeding ourselves and like paying our bills. And as long as like, I can still pay my bills and Cole from Dream Burger can pay his bills. Like we're all doing sick. So like when people come like ask me about other burgers, I'm like, yo, go try all these other dudes. And yeah. I give them the list, you know, cause do like, a whole tour. Yeah. You know, I, what's good for me is what's good for all of us. You know, I love I that. that. So you are obviously you, you have not been making food your whole life. This is kind of a new venture. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just walk us through what, what was the sort of the first like lightning bolt moment that you were like, I think I want to start a burger concept. Uh, dude, it just fell into it. Like, you know, I was in the music industry forever, uh, both as an artist and then worked in production and like COVID hit and like everybody's at home. You're just like bored <laughs> doing the whole thing. Like it's a longer story, but like I left my job, uh, like right at the beginning of the pandemic and was like, ah, you know, throwing, throwing darts to see what happens. Now, when you left that job, um, was it because of the pandemic? Were you already sort of thinking maybe there was going to be a little bit of a change or like what, what, what kind of was that spark? Like the pandemic, like what for sure did it? Like I didn't enjoy being in like live entertainment and production anymore. But I was making the most money I'd ever made in my life. It was the first, like, it was, like, the most career-driven thing I'd ever had in my life. Where it's like, if I follow this path, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to have this much money. And, like, it just made sense. And it's what yeah. I did. But I also, like, was miserable. Like, um, and it, every, I, I'm the dude that you know that's just like, ah, you know, that guy. <laughs> 
that's me natural. And then like for a pretty long period of time, I got into this like dark depressive state and like, there's more things I need to work on within myself, but a, a good bit of it was what I was doing professionally and just being away from home all the time and um, not getting a soak into my relationship with my wife and, and all that. But I probably would have never left my job because I'm a dude that's just like head down, work hard, like just do what you got to do. Like um, I pride myself in like crazy work ethic and just people knowing that like I'm a hard worker. So that was the guy that I portrayed myself and I was just like not going to like lose or fail, like whatever that thing I was doing. Uh, it was toxic. But yeah. anyway, like I was working the working and the pandemic hit and it was the only way out. <laughs> it was the only like I can either leave now because what happened basically is the company I work for, we had 49 employees we laid off everybody all the way down to 12 people. And I was like the very bottom of the food chain. Like you just I made the cut. I just off. made the cut. Like I was a manager of my department and like I laid off the dude that was right underneath oh, me, man. my assistant manager. And like later in that day, and I took a pay cut, like the whole company decided like, this is what we got to do to continue being a company. Lay off all these people. All the people that are still here are going to take a huge pay cut and we'll, we'll weather the storm. And I was just like, dude, all of this sounds so awful, you know? <laughs> and I like called Rachel and I said, Hey, like, I'm thinking about leaving. I'm thinking about like just telling them that I don't want to be here anymore. Like, are you okay with that? Can we figure this out? And yeah. she goes, dude, get out of there. You're miserable. So I called the dude back that I'd laid off and said, Hey, do you want my job? And he said, yes. And I said, okay. And I went to my boss and said, hey, I'm giving Jack Zach this job and I'm going to leave. Man, I and mean, good on you. That's like, that's a, you know, that's a really hard move to make, number one, to, to leave. But number two, to have the foresight to be like, I just laid all these people off. They'd probably be much better off. I'm just going to get one of them back. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not something that a lot of people would even think about in the process of sorting out their a situation like that where literally you're about to make one of the biggest changes probably you've ever made in your life for sure. And you're able to think like, how can I make this work for everybody? You know? Yeah. It's all about, you know, the whole vibe is everybody take care. My, my whole thing has always been everybody take care of each other and be nice and kind to each other. And hopefully we're all going to get through it, you yeah. know, whatever the thing is. And so I left with no plan other than like, I literally had maybe like $10,000 to my name, like in this, in my savings account yeah. and was like, I'm just going to figure out what's next, you know? And so like, I'm just lucky enough that like one, I, if everything fails, I'm the kind of dude that would go get a job at Walmart and like stock shelves and work really hard at it. Like I'm not and above be the, doing be the that. most fun, awesome stock person. Walmart yeah, had ever yeah, seen. You know, let's have a good time. Yeah. So like, I was like, at least I know that my work ethic will allow me to go get any other job that I got to go get. And I think I have enough skills to get me something better than that, but I'm, I'm not above anything. Yeah. And so I just started like hanging out and like, I, I built a deck at my house and I put a YouTube video up and people were like, Hey, come build us some decks. So like me and my buddy Colby put like decks and patios up all over town. There's like really killer restaurants that have some stuff that no i built that like dino's their their uh overhang patio thing me yeah. and colby landis built uh locust we built their patio like a bunch of cool stuff yeah um did and you then, were you at all thinking like that could be the next thing i realized that that would probably be the quickest way to more money than what i'm doing now but i didn't i don't want to do like crazy shitty manual labor forever <laughs> Right. And that's all that would have been, you know? Um, so I did some of that and then like, I messed around on YouTube and started a YouTube channel and like started making in incremental money there. And then I started making cheeseburgers at home. Like, uh, my, one of my really good friends, Blake, uh, started making cheeseburgers at his house one day and was like, Hey, come over and let's make cheeseburgers. And I was there and I was like, dude, I think I could do this better. I think I could figure out how to do it. Um, and I like bought a griddle and started making cheeseburgers at home. 
um, just for fun. And then like people will come over and eat cheese. It's like right during the pandemic where nobody can hang out together. Yeah. And you can only be outside with like two or three people. Right. So like I got a griddle and we'd invite two or three people over and we'd have burgers in my backyard. And that just continually happened and grow, grew to where like Cody, like south of town, um, has a group of friends and they're li- we're like mirroring each other's lives in the fact that we both got a griddle and both really got into making cheeseburgers. And Cody's your co-founder, just yeah, for anyone correct. who doesn't know the full Cody Driggers. <laughs> um, and he like, so we're friends, but not like close friends at the time. And like, he's like, yo, dude, I see on Instagram that you're making cheeseburgers. I'm making cheeseburgers too. Let's hang out. So we got together and we started like making cheeseburgers all the time. And before you know it, we just got obsessed. And it was never like a, hey, let's start a business. Yeah. It was like, we're bored. Let's go set up in some parking lots and try to sell some cheeseburgers to people. Did Now, did either of you have like a go-to recipe or were you just trying stuff out as you went? Like you know, from zero. Cody is, Cody is way more culinary skilled than me and way more, um, he just enjoys like putting together new flavors and all that stuff. So like at when all this was going on, Cody had started developing like a lot of the special burgers that Mm -hmm. we do. Like those are like Cody's burgers that he's like been playing with for a couple of years. Yeah. The, the main bad love burger that we do pretty much like is a very very similar to the very first cheeseburger i ever made in my house it was just like double meat double cheese i knew i wanted to grilled onions and pickles and then i like mixed together some stuff and made a sauce and like that is the cheeseburger we serve today yeah like pretty much the very first one i ever did in my house other than we went through probably like two weeks of sauce like we were like oh let's go through sauces and try to like see if we can change it and did this huge circle all the way back he just to came like, back to the original just one. the original sauce pretty much yeah i mean i think the thing that's so special about the burger that you guys make um for me i'm, I'm not a big fan of like a super thick yeah. burger i love the thin the smash the lacy like i feel like there's something just it's you don't you wouldn't think it's like different kinds of pizza you know yeah, yeah for there's sure. like deep dish new york style you know obviously new york style yeah like, you love or it. jersey style whatever yeah. you want to call it um but yeah that i think that that's what makes it so great is is you can have two patties and you don't feel like you're destroying yourself it's like it's just a good burger right yeah dude like i've never been a burger dude before this <laughs> really? that's what's crazy is like when you go to a restaurant i mean like when you tour, you always hit up In-N-Out because right. In-N-Out rules. Like, you know, there's those little things where, like, Matt's Bar in Minneapolis is does the Juicy the Lucy. Juicy Lucy, yeah. Um, and I love that. Like, um, there's a few of those, but, like, when you go to, like, Logan's Roadhouse or, you know, one of those places where it's got, like, a, a big menu of a bunch of shit. Yeah. The burger's never the thing that I choose. All right. You know, like, or even if I were to go to, like, like Wendy's chicken, spicy chicken sandwich. That's yeah. the thing I've always gotten there. All, all, always. You're going off brand. So like, I've never been a burger dude until like, I was like trying to make the perfect burger. Now, like I love, I mean, I like cheeseburgers. I like our cheeseburger. I still don't go over to all over town ordering burgers, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's like a weird thing that sometimes I just get mildly obsessed with something, yep. you know? Um, and I've never been a guy that wants to be like, like master something to perfection. Um, I, I like inconsistency a little bit and like, yeah. And there's always room to grow, you know, you're never going to be perfect. Um, but I've always just been like, kind of like a get really interested in something, get good enough to do that thing. Yeah. Like kind of decent <laughs> and then move on to do something else, you know? So I have like, I have this thing in my, like this burger thing. I've done like a million times. It's just I haven't ever done it as a business. Right. You know. But this one, I mean, it feels like, you know, you guys, I think the one of the really cool things about what I see of Bad Luck Burger Club is, you know, I, I feel like with someone with your personality, you could be doing anything. It happens that to be that you're making burgers. But I think what you and Cody are doing is bringing a personality and like a lifestyle to 
burgers for sure yeah and it's like you could bring that to you know i don't know clothing or cookies you know burgers obviously are a great medium and you guys have done a great job for it but i think the thing that i see about what you're doing is the culture you know like there is a very specific i mean y'all you guys welcome everybody but you know there seems like there's like a very specific brand of like the kind of people that want to come get a bad luck burger yeah i mean it's it's neat where it started and and what it's rooted in and where it is now like um you know i mean we start the our very first like thing we ever did like quote unquote professionally like to try to get this thing off the ground is like we threw a party right in the middle of like the height of covid <laughs> in cody's front yard and we had a calendly set up and you could come in, you could set up a time to come pick up a burger from us in Cody's front yard. You could only be there for 10 minutes because we didn't want everybody to get, we didn't want to have a super spreader. Yeah. So like, come get your burger, get out. You got to have a mask on, all that stuff. And like, uh, we gave away like 80 cheeseburgers for free. And the whole goal was show up, like eat your burger, let us know what you think about it. Leave us a comment. And you have to post a picture Tell and put friends. it on Instagram. Right. And like, we're just lucky that we got a bunch of cool tattooed, like, you know, that thing, <laughs> friends, you know? And so like the, wherever the cool tattoo kids are and posting pictures about everybody else wants to learn about it, you know? Yeah. So like right off the bat, that was like the immediate culture that we had was like the cool kid, the East Nashville vibe, you know, that whole thing. Um, and that's like our core demographic, but like, it's been very cool to see it grow outside of that to where like you start seeing, there's a dude that drives a, um, not a Maserati, a McLaren <laughs> that comes and eats our burgers all the time. This crazy rich dude and like families and like, you know, dude, like grandparents that bring their kids like every week. And it's the same, you know, like, yeah. and it's just like, this, this sounds crazy, but like, I remember, you know, we have this very like, white you know 30 year old like tattoo kid thing that yeah. we you know <laughs> right 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 and then the very first time that it was like oh we have something more than that was like this guy thomas that comes out all the time he's a black dude that's probably in his 50s he got out of an uber at lucky's uh three-star bar and came to our our tent and like he got in an uber somewhere wherever he lived and came to eat our burger and i and and then leave and i was like we've we've gone we've surpassed this thing like this yeah. little subculture thing that was like ours it's now we're reaching other demographics and other people and like our whole vibe of all are welcome is actually really happening now yeah which is cool because like I don't want to be this gatekeeper, cool, like hardcore kid that only lets the hardcore kids come eat right. our food. And uh, it's been really amazing just to see like that progression to where like all races and ethnicities and uh, wealth classes and stuff just come eat our food like we're a yeah. real restaurant. Well, it's funny because a lot of businesses, you know, I think that they sort of preach that mindset and they say all are welcome, but still sometimes culturally it just doesn't transcend. You know, yeah. you can, you know, you can say anyone can come eat our food, but you can still go to a place and it's like a very specific type of person that's there. And yeah. I think, um, I think it's always that's kind of a mark of like, OK, we're doing something right that, you know, other people are coming and finding out about it. You know, I feel that way very much with my business. You know, when I started out, I still to this day, when I see people wearing NB Goods hats and T-shirts, I assume that somehow I know them like yeah, because I right. think, oh, well, only my friends spend money at my store. Like, yeah. I still can't believe that strangers buy things from me yeah and it's wild. so it's just like this funny realization that you have i think especially when um you know when you're not setting out to be a, like a entrepreneur you know that was something that was never in my mind and it sounds like you know you had a different career path and i think that i think some people have in their mind like i want to do this thing i want to build a business i want to build a brand or whatever and they see this 5 10 15 year plan you know i never went to business school i don't i don't know what that looks like and so i never had those expectations and so it still blows my mind that 
you know, I get the kind of support that I get. And it sounds like you guys are pretty similar in that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've just, we've made up every step of the way, <laughs> you know, like we're in this crazy spot right now where like we need to formulate a business plan, like both in our heads and on paper. Yeah. Like we never operated with like a plan of like, what are we trying to execute? It was just like, oh, we're making cheeseburgers. Then we started selling cheeseburgers. And then like nine months down the road, it's like, oh, we're doing this so much. Like, Cody, you probably need to quit your job if we want to <laughs> oh, keep so doing Oh, so Cody was still working. Cody had a job. Cody, like that whole first 2021, like we, our first one ever was like May 1st, 2021. Yeah. And December 21st of like 2021, uh, we did a pop-up and the health department showed up because we are like, none of this is legal. <laughs> Zero of it's legal. We're just figuring it out. We're just partying, dude. Like and the health department shows up and goes, and there's a line of a, like, I'm not exaggerating. You, you remember those lines? Yeah. Like this one particular, we were like, Hey, this is the last one we're doing this year and we're not going to do another one for a couple months. So there was a line of at least 150 people. Like, at the East Nashville Farmers Market, waiting to get cheeseburgers, and the the health department showed up and was like, "This is illegal. <laughs> you can't do this. We're not gonna shut you down because we're not gonna make 150 people sad and mad at us. Oh, yeah. But this is it. You're on our radar. Come into our office and have a conversation with us. Let's figure <laughs> this out. And, and were you guys just freaking out? Yeah. It was. It was like it was heavy. You know. <laughs> but we knew like eventually we had to like you know something had to change yeah um and we just really didn't know what we were doing we were like are we gonna buy a food truck and are we gonna do this so like because that, at that point you guys were still in well you went from one tent to two tents right had gotten a bigger tent and then like the operation was growing but it was just like still just making it up and like we knew what we were doing wasn't like in the guidelines of like what is okay with the health department but like we were really like careful and paid attention to you know the temperatures of the meat and yeah. all this stuff you know like you were doing all the things that you would have needed to you anyway do but you just didn't have the piece the of paper. paper yeah and like actually what's crazy is this is an even longer story but they're like now rebecca and a few people around town are like fighting legislation to be able to do what we were doing and like i feel good that we were kind of like a part of like that all spurring off because yeah. like so many people are trying to make a living doing what we were doing illegally. Yeah. But now that it's like, uh, it, it's on the radar of everybody. It's like not super, not cool to do right now. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, Cody had a job. Cody was still working in merchandising. So he was working 40 hours a week. Then we were like prepping, you know, like I crazy had no hours idea a week. he was still working 40 then, hours a week. Yeah. And then we were doing our weekend stuff and I was just like, doing whatever like we were really not taking any money from the burger stuff we were just building a bank account yeah trying to figure out what the next move was going to be with it you know if it all ended then we would just take take the money and be like oh that was a cool summer right or like we have this bank account full of money that we can make our next move with and so cody was working i was like building decks and youtube and like honestly doing a ton of burger club work like just pro bono you know like if cody's gotta work a 40 hour a week job then i'm just gonna do all of this burger club stuff because yeah. like i believe that it's gonna be the thing i saw like out of decks and motorcycles and youtube and all the things i was doing burgers was the thing that was probably going to be the most enjoyable and maybe the most profitable if we really did it right yeah and sustainable um, and sustainable yeah, yeah. so like all the eggs went into that basket i kind of just like stopped doing all the other stuff Cody was still working and then we landed a kitchen residency at Lakeside Lounge, uh, which is a bar here in Nashville, uh, for like three months. And that gave us, that started like January of 2022. Mm -hmm. And that gave us time to figure out our life. Like what's the next plan? Like, so Cody left his job. We started working there three days a week, two or three days a week. And like, all the rest of the week we oh we bought a food truck and the whole so the week we spent working on the food truck getting it ready the weekend serving at lakeside lounge the week working on the food truck 
and just back and forth, back and forth, and like nonstop till like April, we finally were able to like sell burgers out of our food truck. Yeah, and was that the moment, like when you guys decided that you were gonna get the truck and kind of go all in? Was that the moment that you were like, okay, this is like a thing, like we're gonna take this as far as we can, or or had you always felt that way? It was. I I probably got to it. A little quicker than Cody did, like, cause I, I needed it to be the thing. (laughs) Cody like had a job. He was comfortable. He had a job that he liked. He didn't hate his job. Yeah. Like for him, it's just like, man, house, the the thing where you want to be your own boss, but he worked for a friend, had a pretty good job, enjoyed his job and was really good at his job. So it probably took him a little bit longer to like get to where I was. But we also kind of had this agreement that, like, if I soak a lot of, like, pro bono time into trying to build this a little harder. Taking a little bit of that like, pressure off. Then, then like, I think by the time we need you to leave your job, you're going to be able to. Yeah. And that's pretty much what we did. Like, we, Nathan Gifford gave us some, um, Nathan Gifford, he's the guy that owns Nathan Gifford's Bacon Shop. Gifford's Bacon. Gifford's that's what Bacon. It's called. Yeah. Um. He gave us the advice that replace your paycheck, figure out when you, when you step out into the, into your entrepreneur shit, just be making enough money to sustain the life that you're already living. Yeah. Um, and like, it was actually harder for me to, like I was making a good bit of money doing my thing. So like, I still probably don't make the money that I made then. Yeah. But like, we got to that level where like we're making the money that Cody was making and he felt comfortable and we're just like, okay, we're all in dude. Yeah. Um, I think it's different too. I mean, obviously you have a partner in this, so there's like a little bit of different (laughs) decision making. I feel like I was, I was in a similar place that you were where I was in a job that I was making the most money I had ever made in my life. And, but I was just so unhappy and it wasn't the job's fault and the job was the job. I, I liked the people I worked with. It was just like a lot of, it was a lot of things, a lot of things going on in my life. But to me, like you, I would go to, I would go take any job. I go work at the Amazon warehouse. I go stock shelves, whatever. And so I was okay taking a step backwards financially knowing that maybe I could be building something that would not only eventually get me to like a, a, the lifestyle that I had, but also just make me happy. Yeah, for sure. And so that was like a, for me was a way bigger motivating factor. You know, it's like, yeah, when I started this business, I took on more debt than I'd ever had in my entire life, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't intentional and I, I didn't want to go out and get some big loan or get investors. It was just like, it was a means to an end, you know? For sure. So I think that, there's times in your life where you kind of make that decision. And luckily Cody was down to like hop on that ride the same way you were, which is cool. It's all, it's, it's, you know, the partner versus solo, but all of that has its pros and cons and stuff, you know, and like something that was kicking around in my brain, even before bad luck started is like, I had already started this idea of trying to do like a burger pop up and had like, solo branding like the branding was all my face it yeah. was like had my name like and then me and cody started hanging out and we we're like cody was like dude i want to do this and it, weird there's no way that the thing that i like had kind of started planning would be what bad luck is today like i just like don't believe that one person could have built what we're doing as fast as we did. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just see like, uh, you know, other guys in town that are doing pop-ups and stuff. Like I can see the limitations of like only having one person, you know, but then, you know, if maybe you hire people quicker and stuff like that, you got a little more money to work with maybe cause you're not splitting everything 50, 50. I don't know. But like having Cody as my back- backbone and him and me as his, like, yeah, it's been really awesome to be able to support each other and lean on each other and also help each other make good and bad decisions you know like sometimes like i'll i'll have some wild idea and cody's the dude that like 
there's Cody and Rachel are like the people that rail reel me back in. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm always just like shooting from the hip yeah. and just like, let's go, dude. Yeah, you're like, there's like, this, that, let's do it. Yeah, and they're like, calm it down, dude. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, do this, you know. And yeah. so Cody, Cody's really analytical and makes a lot of decisions based on like, uh, I don't know, you know, just uh, calculated. Uh, thoughts and a lot of my stuff is just like you know throwing darts yeah so somehow the the dichotomy between us like it it builds a a really cool foundation for what we're doing yeah i feel like too i mean it seems like things have been pretty off to the races for you guys like from the beginning was there ever a time or a moment where you thought uh maybe i should just go back to you know getting a job and working for for somebody like has has that moment come ever I had a I had a choice to make right about the exact same time that we got the food truck. I think we had bought the food truck and but we hadn't like got it all done and stuff. Um I started getting phone calls once like the gates opened back up and people were going on tour again. Yeah. Um I started getting a bunch of phone calls, but uh the only one I took kind of seriously was my buddy Courtney. Uh, who works for Brothers Osborne called me and said, "Hey man, Courtney's like, a boy. yeah." <laughs> um, he was like, "Hey man, would you want to come on as our stage manager?" And that was like I'd been carping, you know, on tour, which is like, for those that don't know, that's the dude that comes in and builds the stage and leads people up to build a stage, and that's like a heavy, hard, like grunt work, you know? Yeah. And like that, being the stage manager is like. The next step, you know, like it would have been the next move to like, you know, a better future and it would have been quicker money faster. Right. right? If I would have done that job, I instantly would have been making quite a bit more money than I was making doing burgers. And it's a very like natural progression from what you were doing. Right. Like if you were if if this was all just like a blip on the radar, a pandemic thing that would have been like you it would put you right back on the yeah, career path which has been like okay i'm back let's go yeah. you know learn like one or two new skills and keep going you yeah. know and um so i had to really think about that for a second but like i had also it would have it would have been a step forward in touring but a step backwards in my career too because what i'd already toured and then came off the road and i was a manager at Gallagher staging. Okay. So I was just like a dude sending gear and guys out on the road. Right. Um, which so is what, what a, which is kind of what, to, like, I mean, some people love to tour their whole lives, but a lot of people, the goal is, is after you've been there. doing it for a while, you come home and you get a, a gig like that. Yeah. And so it was like, I don't know. It was like kind of a, a two steps forward, one step backwards almost, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, do I hate the career path I'm in or do I hate the company I work for or like whatever, you know, like, and Rachel was like, dude, this is not going to make you happy. I know you, I know all the shit you've complained about for the past 10 years. Yeah. Like you're not going to be happy doing this. Don't go do it. And I was like, you're right. You know? And that was like, you know, it was a, it was like a 24 hour thing where I was like, Oh no, what do I do? Yeah. You know. Well, it's hard when you when you come from a world of s- stability of of like a job and a paycheck and then you do the entrepreneur thing. It is hard and you go through these moments and sometimes when you get that shiny opportunity to get like a regular paycheck and you know, maybe a little bit of I don't touring jobs don't usually have healthcare, but like any sort of stability that right. you can get back. It's kind of you do have to like really stop and think about it for a minute. For sure. And during that whole time frame, like of leaving Gallagher in production and to today, like, you know, I said I left I left Gallagher with about ten thousand dollars in my savings account. I spent all of that $10,000 and went $10,000 in credit card debt. So I lost $20,000 in like a year, a year and a half, just like surviving, trying to make it all make sense. And have since like paid off all that debt and gained that money back in my account. But like, so like pretty much went one way you know 20 grand and back all in like two years and it's like really heavy when you're like in the midst of all that just watching 
the the clicker just you know this go one down. going down and then the debt one going up and you're just like oh no what do i do yeah. you know but you believe in the thing you're doing and you're like okay i don't know when i turn this you know when do i stop the bleeding and go go yeah. get a job that i mean that's such an intuition thing i think because <laughs> When I think about the money that I spent and the, I mean, you're living on that, you're just like on that razor thin line of like, if one thing happens, I'm really going to be in trouble financially, but you believe in it. And, but if I saw someone else doing it, I would be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? That is a terrible idea. You are like, you are playing with fire, dude, you know? And that, but you just... I know. And there's a lot of people that say, I know that this is going to be good or I'm going to be successful. And then it still doesn't end up working out. But I don't know why I just feel like a, a lot of people that I'm friends with that have started businesses, you know, like yours, like myself, you just know, you know, you really know, and you're getting real validation. It's not like a delusional thing where you're like, I have the best thing in the world, but you're not actually making any money. Right. You guys were seeing growth. You were seeing actual traction. And I think that that is more of a marker than just like, I know I have the best burger in Nashville, you know? Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If you're just, I got a really great burger, but the only people who are eating there are me and my wife at home. I'm a, yeah, on my deck, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially in a city like Nashville, I feel like, you know, it's the same thing with like songwriters, you know, there, there's a lot of people that can write an amazing song in Nashville. There's a lot of people that can sing their asses off in Nashville, but that's not the marker. Not all those people get to be successful, you know? And so it's about like, what is that extra thing? that you know makes you stand out or that you're willing to do or that just you know some people just have that juju and I think that um it's it's a really special thing when you have it and um I have a buddy who he you know I always used to say that I like when I quit my job I was the same way as you I had enough money you know saved up for a couple months and I was very fortunate to be able to do that and it almost was like a little bit of guilt that comes with it, especially during the pandemic, because yeah. like so many people were going through such a hard time and they're, you know, you're losing people and people are losing jobs and monies and families, families are breaking up, you know, but for me, it was a time of growth and change and Same. being yeah. able to sit still and not have to think about work or what was going to happen was what allowed me to build this business much, much like you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I carried a lot of guilt about that for a long time. Um, but I had a buddy who was like, the thing is when you, if you have an opportunity like that, you have to honor it. You know, that's your, you shouldn't have guilt about it. That's your duty. Like not a lot of people get this opportunity and get this chance and you have to honor it by like following through with it. For sure. Cause I mean, there's so many people that, you know, would kill to like be in that position or to have that, you know, like there's so many dreamers out there that are really dreamers and don't, I used to call myself a dreamer, not a doer. (laughs) Um, and that's, and I, you know, I'd wear it like as a badge. And then I was like, man, that's a bummer, you know, like, yeah, just fucking do it. Just do it. Like, (laughs) and if you have the opportunity presents itself, you know, at least try, you know, like, yeah, we can all like, you can always, I grew up, re- I, I want to preface this before, because a lot of people are like, oh, it might sound like we're in a bubble because we like we seem to be doing okay or whatever. But like, I grew up trailer park trash. Like I know true, like American poverty, like I know that, yeah. like the depths of it. So with that being said, I had to do I, everything I have in my life, I worked for, got to where I am now, and I know the steps it took. So I know that I'm never going to let myself get there again. Yeah. But if I do, I know the steps to get out of it. So, like, I'm not scared to make some rash, crazy decisions with money. Yeah. Because I know that you can lose money and you can get it again if you're willing to work for it. Right. You know? And so I think a lot of people are really fearful of, you know, poverty and being poor and not having money. And I understand that. But if you've already been there and you know that it's it's really not that bad, you know, you, you, can, you can get you out, can get you out, can, out you of can, it, you, you know, and yeah. there's, you know, there's extenuating circumstances of like, 
you know, drug addiction or, you know, uh, handicap or what, you know, there's all these things that some people deal with that I'm not dealing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, if you're an able-bodied American <laughs> that like can physically work and can physically think, you know, mentally think, then you can like do it. Yeah. You can, you can at least like pay your bills. I mean, I think that's you, 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 when you lose that element of fear, you know, it's amazing what it, what it does. You know, I think a lot of times it's that old adage that like, you don't have a plan B, you know, eventually you'll have to figure something out. But when you have like a very soft, cushy backup that you could just stick with, there's no reason to like make those big swings. Yeah. And I think when you either experience something or whatever it is that makes you realize you want to do something else. Once you lose that fear, uh, you know, that that's, that's like the, I, I call it like the scariest thing that could happen. Cause a, a person who knows no fear is like unstoppable. Yeah. And for it's, sure. it's not like a renegade, like, ah, like crazy person kind of thing. It's just like, you just start to, to have a different perspective on how you move and what your, your actions are. And I just think it changes everything. For sure. That's kind of how, like, I, when you're talking about it, I'm thinking about, like, I'm a big motorcycle guy. I ride motorcycles. And I've been in a, a few motorcycle wrecks in my life, but one really gnarly one where I, like, got flown in a helicopter and stuff. Wow. And my wife, Rachel, rides, and she's never had, you know, any issues. She rides with you no know, fear, dude. She crushes. Yeah. She's like... <laughs> crushes most of the dudes i know that i ride with yeah but i have been hurt on a motorcycle (laughs) so like i know the fear of like you know leaning into a curve and like yeah not not coming out of it you know yeah so like there's that like rachel's got no fear because she's gotten you know nothing she doesn't have that experience you know yep um so you know there's something there's that it's awesome you know to be able to just live fearless and just fucking crush and maybe that's why that no know? fear brand was you know so popular yeah, in the 90s like they were really onto something yeah for sure so everything to this point i feel like has been so organic and natural with you guys have there been any like holy shit moments whether it's like you know uh, someone like a celebrity posting about you guys or you know or just or just any like really favorite moments where you guys did an event and you're just like on cloud nine or felt like it was like a really like a an upward swing for everything dude for sure i mean like i remember it's it's funny to look back at it now like now that we're just like a part of this food industry and everybody everybody in the food industry just knows each other and comes and supports and eats each other's food but like it was in y'all's parking lot at the shops like uh sean brock came and like ate our cheeseburger you know and then he came and started eating our cheeseburgers like every couple weeks you yeah. know and we're like holy crap you know like sean brock's like a celebrity chef and he thinks our cheeseburger's cool you know like that was like a thing that was like really neat now it's like now it's like oh we just all know each other you know to some degree you know like we're not buddies but i'm like yeah what's up sean you know yeah um and like you know then like there's been like two or three like professional athletes that got like millions of followers that like come eat and they post a burger and it's like you just see that stuff you see all these people with blue check mark now anybody can have a blue check mark but like you see a blue check mark you go to their profile and they're like they got seven hundred thousand followers and they just ate our cheeseburger and you're just like whoa this is crazy you know yeah that stuff's insane um we were like the way we started and then the pandemic where like everybody was just thirsty for something yeah like wanted human interaction and the only way you could do that and do anything is be outside and we just like happened to be selling cheeseburgers in parking lots so like that first year or so was like a roller coaster of just like, you know, not even, not even, it was like just going to, it was more like a rocket ship. I don't know. Like it was just like nonstop pedal to the metal. Like we're going to the moon. It's just yeah, going so fast. I mean, fast. you guys, your following on social media was like, it was like lightning fast the way it grew. Yeah. It was, it was really wild. And like, uh, you know, at, at first you're just like, oh man, we're the, we're the, we are the shit, yeah. you know, like <laughs> we're the best ever. Everyone loves you know? us. Yeah. And then like, 
now, you know, a year removed and everything's kind of calmed down to like the world's kind of normal. Like you can see in the review that like everybody was just yearning for that. They were just yearning for hangs and, and food and, and community. And so like we just happened to start at the right place, right time. Yeah. And it was amazing. And now, you, I mean, you see, we sit up in your parking lot and it's like way more chill than it used to be. Like, we'll sit there for like an hour without right. somebody getting a burger. And like, it's just like, we're a normal, regular food truck now, but a sustainable business that like makes enough money to hit our bottom lines and keep growing and all of that. And we're still growing exponentially, like in sales every quarter and every year. But it's just not as sexy and cool and wild as it was. Well, I mean, let's be, it's you know? still pretty cool, you know, but it's just not that like fever pitch right. that kind of happens sure. in the beginning. And so like now it's just like learning how to manage our expectations of like, oh, we used to just be like crazy, oh, sell out in like two hours. Hey, yeah. So just like now, okay, like let's figure out how we stay in parking, you know, stay in a parking lot for four or five hours be open four or five hours, always have me like never sell out early. Yeah. And it's boring sometimes, but it's like more sustainable. It's the, like, it's what a real restaurant, you know, like that's, that's the real food model of the world. But that whole beginning laid a foundation to where like, you know, if you're a foodie or somebody that's really chasing like, a, some I mean we just do a cheeseburger but if you're if you're chasing like a special thing in town food wise you probably know who we are now yeah and like whether you've come or not like we're on your radar to show up and so like that first couple years of chaos has allowed us to like have this foundation to just keep growing off of which is sick so much of that um, beginning part was as a result of social media and like, you know, just share, like you said, you guys very intentionally set up basically like an in, not influencer, but it, that's what it was, an influencer yeah, yeah, cheeseburger giveaway for people yeah. to post. Do you feel like that was a natural extension of like what you'd been doing on YouTube and those kind of things? Or was that like brand new territory? Yeah, it was it, for sure just an extension of my everyday life. Like you kind of touched on it earlier, like, like maybe our culture and our vibe or my vibe and Cody's vibe, like it did cheeseburgers, just the, the avenue to get there or whatever, you know, like I've always like, since MySpace, like had like an affinity for the internet, Okay, you know, like, um, and just like, I've always, like, I don't have any delusions of being some famous, you know, like TikTok influencer or whatever, like whatever. I don't care about all that, but like, I love that the uh, internet allows you to just reach anybody anywhere. And like, I am a character, like whatever I am, like is, is me. And like, there are some people in the world that like the vibe that I have, yeah. you know, and it's not for everybody, <laughs> but like, um, it's fun to put yourself out there and to connect with people and like, through DMs and emails and texts, both in, in Burger Club and my personal, it's like I have valid, real relationships with people all over the world. Yeah. That, you know, like little conversation, you know, just commenting back and forth and like, or learn something about somebody that you don't, you know, like I just crave community and connection with people. Um, like I usually when I meet somebody like out in public, like, I usually ask some pretty intense, like yeah. meaningful conversation questions pretty quick. Yeah. Like within like, Hey, what's up? What's your name? And then like, well, you know, what are you passionate about? You're my server at this restaurant, but like, what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? You know? And I love that cheeseburgers and motorcycles and me used to be in a band just allow me to be able to have those kind of conversations with people. Yeah. Um, and I really hope at the end of the day, all that any of this has ever done is just like put a smile on somebody's face and make them feel loved and wanted and valuable and um, a, important to the world. Because like in a way, heavy existential way, I didn't feel that way growing up. Yeah. So like I want to give that to people every day. And so I, I cheeseburgers mean, is how I do that right now. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most special things about getting to know you and hearing your story 
is that you're genuine. You know, when you ask somebody those questions, like you can see in your eyes that you really want to know. You're not just putting on a show. And I think with social media these days, we have such weird parasocial relationships with people. And I think when someone meets you in person and you are exactly what you present on the internet, I think that that means something to someone because, you know, everybody's going to have, it's like a volume. Like, you know, yeah, you have yeah. a volume, yeah, you can sure. turn it all the way up and you can turn it down. But for the most part, you, you are who you are. And, and all of this is an extension of you. I think when people meet someone in, in person and they're just the exact opposite, or you can tell that that's like a full on, not even a character. It's like a caricature. Like that is <laughs> sure. when, yeah. like, I think that people, it starts to like crack the shell a little bit. So I think when people come and they get a burger and you guys are up there, like just doing Doing the thing and having fun and being kind um i mean that's got to be you know that's 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 the reason why you're sticking around you know for sure i mean that's i hope you know yeah i don't you know i don't know if people just want a greasy slutty cheeseburger <laughs> or if they're coming for the vibe you know like whatever it is you know at the end of the day also we want to pay our bills doing this thing but yeah. like like i said truly like i just truly care about people so like as much as I can, I'm always on the griddle, but I try to turn around and interact with people and say what's up. And that's a thing that we're trying to instill right now. Like we have Ed, who is our only employee, but like we're about to start looking at other employees. And the fear is once we're off the truck, you know, then that vibe doesn't exist anymore. You know, we could find an insane line cook that's uh, amazing. Yeah. But, like, if they're just a crazy good line cook that can't turn around and say, yo, what's up? How are you doing? You know, like, how's your day? Your hat looks sick. Yeah. You know, like, if they don't have that, that's part of the job. Yeah. You know, like, that's I, – I, and that sounds cringy saying it that way, that it's part of the job. Like, but it's just – it's part of, the, like, this the type of people we want You've built a culture. Have. Yeah. yeah. And you want to you – honor that culture and and um you know you guys can't be the ones doing it all the time at some point as you grow you have to make those changes and like yeah you you've built a brand and uh, you know you have to hire people that are an extension of yeah. that in some way it's terrifying yeah. <laughs> at least we did good with ed ed's sick ed's great yeah he's, yeah he's sick, I, I feel like when i see ed up there on the truck like it's just he's he's one of like i don't re i don't really remember what it's like not having it <laughs> yeah, around cool. like he just yeah. totally fits in and i think that's so cool it's uh it's it's really cool um so we talked i mean honestly you have worked your ass off your entire life but we also you know have seen that like the pandemic and some of the circumstances of what your life has been like has sort of put you put you in this position um so what do you think about the idea of luck you know do you think that you got lucky. Do you think that you worked really hard and then there's like a little bit of right place, right time? You know, how do you feel it all came together for you guys? Man. So what's, uh, what's the phrase where it's like preparation meets, uh, opportunity. opportunity that's right? our, that's our like, like theme. I definitely agree in that, but like, also I don't really know that you have to be prepared like, I mean, I'm, I'm all about, uh, trying to be prepared and be organized <laughs> and be like, have all your shit together. But like, I am a dude that's pretty, everything I've ever done in my life is just like stepping out and taping, taking a leap, even when I know how to do something or not. Yeah. I've took multiple jobs in my life where I didn't know how to do the job. I just got the interview, mm -hmm. you know, and I've, uh, the, all through the pandemic, I was doing all kinds of stuff that I didn't know the skill, like building all the stuff around town. I was at home looking at YouTube the <laughs> night before, figuring out how to do certain angles and stuff, you know? So like it is opportunity, like opportunities got to present itself, but you got just got to go out and find it. I think work ethic is important and maybe more important than anything when luck is involved, because if you're not willing to shovel shit, work hard, do stuff you don't want to do, to get the um, experience you need and to get the uh, outcome that you are looking for, then you're not going to have anything. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think being prepared is important, but I think even if you're not prepared, you can just try really hard and learn how to do all the stuff that you want to do. Yeah. Um, and get yourself where you want to be. But, you know, I have to go back to, I understand there are some people with extenuating circumstances that just don't get the shots that we all get, you know, what, what area of town you were born in, what town you were born in. Like there are so many things that can be against a person. Yeah. But as a, a white male in America has it pretty good, right? Right. <laughs> right. Good Compared starting to point. most people yeah. in the world. Thing I like to say is for a white male, I probably started as low as you can start where I did. Yeah. And like I'm uh I'm living like middle class American life now and like comfortable and happy. And I just took all the opportunities that were thrown my way and worked really, really hard to make them successful. You're like a real life Jason Isbell song. <laughs> yeah, dude. Come on. <laughs> uh, I was just listening to Jason Isbell yesterday. Yeah, that's 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 how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I think you're doing great. Uh, I've loved getting to know you. I've loved eating the burgers, and I'm super stoked for you guys, and like really excited to see whatever's coming next for Bad Luck Burger Club. Hell yeah, dude. You too. Yeah. I mean, you're like a you're an inspiration. Uh, you know, like that's the, that's a whole nother part of all of this is like us seeing all the other people in town that are like chasing their dreams and doing really cool stuff. And like, what I think is cool is I've been in this city over 20 years now. And just in the past three years, this has allowed me to have relationships with so many other small business entrepreneurs and like learn from each other and like just watch each other grow. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. It's like really cool to be able to be a part of any and all of that. And the fact that anybody thinks we're successful <laughs> when we're watching everybody else just crush it is sick. It's amazing. You know? Yeah. Well, tell the people where I want you to tell the people where they can find bad luck burger club, uh, and also where, uh, they can find you and your personal ventures online, in person, whatever you got. Dude, you know, first and foremost, bad luck burger club, bad luck burger dot club is the website, bad luck burger club on Instagram. Um, I think, you know, our Instagram page has got to be, uh, I think it's worth following whether you like cheeseburgers or whether you live in Nashville. I would agree. Um, if if anything I've said has sparked any uh, anything in you, whether it's humor or uh, or inspiration, uh, I'm on that page a lot, and I'm on my personal page, Party On Forever and Party On for Andy. Um, and that, you know, as a side note, I think the older we get, the more like cynical and depressed and angry and sad we become and shouldn't it be the very opposite and the more we grow we learn how to be happier and uh and party and just be fucking stoked hell yeah um and so that's my whole vibe it's like let's let's figure out what makes us happy and chase that forever and keep doing it and party on forever that is it i don't think we ever even need to do another podcast like yeah i think you just nailed it I was better at that part than the love question. <laughs> well, we'll put all your socials up. Uh, I think anybody with a heartbeat would love to follow Bad Luck Burger Club and all of your Andy adventures. Um, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for doing it. Heck yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. Tell tell Evan that um, he really missed out. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really talk about how Evan's not here. He's uh, Evan's on the road this week doing his real job because... He's on that grind also, and uh, we miss him, but uh, this has been great. So um, everybody say bye to Andy, and we'll see you guys soon. Peace out, and be good. All right. I think that was a great conversation. It's weird that I'm just here, and I'm telling you what I think, because I was there for the conversation, and I still think it was great. <laughs> Uh, but I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, if you like what we're doing here, you enjoy the conversation, please follow along, subscribe. We're on every major podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, wherever you like to get your, you know, your podcast fix. 
follow along. We're also on social media at Make Your Own Luck Pod on Instagram. We've got the website, makeyourownluckpod.com. Just come hang out with us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you thought about our conversation with Andy, and let us know if you uh, if you go out and grab a bad luck burger. You know, we we want a, a commission of the sales, so we're gonna have to follow up with Andy about that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we want everybody to go see those guys, and um, we really wish them the best because it's a really cool thing that we're doing, and we're lucky to know them. So. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hopefully Evan will be back. Who knows, though? You never really know with him. See you guys.